Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to contemplating how God's preached Word impacts every moment of our lives. This sermon was preached at Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska by Pastor John Rasmussen. Good evening, everybody. Grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, So during this Lent season on these Wednesdays, we're taking a deep dive into this topic of what is the Lord's Supper? Why do we take it? Uh, What's the benefit of the Lord's Supper? How do we prepare for it? And, you know, I think that, you know, we're familiar with taking the Lord's Supper. It's something we do on the regular in our congregation. Uh, but we don't always pause and think about why do we do this? What's the purpose of this? Uh, uh, so that's really what we're focusing on in these weeks as we do a deep dive into this topic of uh, the Lord's Supper. Um, as we begin, we're going to speak a, a responsibly some words from the Catechism uh, that help us understand our topic for tonight, which is what is uh, the sacrament of the altar? Uh, so, what is the sacrament of the altar? And of course, we're uh, Bible Christians, right? We, we want to say, where does, this, uh, where does it say it in Scripture, right? And so, uh, where is this written? kind of used to saying those words up here, and it's kind of cool to hear you guys say those words as well, uh, words that we, uh, we really take to heart as they really express to us what the gospel is. Um, you know, uh, I think it's really important that you know what something is, because if you know what something is, that leads to how you treat it. Uh, so if we really know what the Lord's Supper is, it's going to lead to us you know, treating it as sacred rather than just kind of optional or something that we're focusing our lives on rather than something that, that we're not. And so that's really the purpose tonight is just to really ask ourselves, what is this meal that God has given for us? And some of this may be uh, stuff that you've known for a long time. Some of it may be new, uh, but either way, I, I pray that we come out on the other side of this message with a deeper understanding of what this meal is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different names for this meal, actually. Uh, we call it the Lord's Supper. We call it Holy Communion, the breaking of the bread, the sacrament of the altar, and the Eucharist. Uh, Eucharist is a Greek word for, for thanksgiving. And uh, different groups of Christians have kind of emphasized uh, different names for the Lord's Supper, but we're all talking about the same thing. Uh, just to make things easy, I just kind of refer to it as the sacrament. Uh, that's often what Luther would call it in the catechism is simply the sacrament or the sacrament of the altar. Uh, 
So uh, tonight we're talking about two things as we talk about what is a sacrament. Number one, we're talking about remembering. As we take this meal, we're remembering something. And then number two, we are receiving. We're receiving something. Let's talk first here about remembering. Uh, so to understand this uh, remembering aspect of the sacrament, we need to go all the way back to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. So uh, many of you may know that story about the Passover, right? So in the Passover, uh, there's a sacred meal that God gave to his people right before he brought them out of Egypt. So the people of God had been slaves in Egypt for about 400 years. And then God sends Moses to them and says, all right, Moses, we're going to bring these people out of here. We're going to break them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, into the wilderness, onward to the promised land. That's the plan. And, and so right before the people are about to, to leave, uh, after those, those plagues, right, that afflicted Egypt, uh, on the night of the last plague, uh, God commands his people to take a lamb, not just any lamb, but to take a good one, a spotless one without blemish, and to keep it in their homes, and then on that night before they leave, they are to take the lamb and to kill it and to take its blood and put the blood on the doorposts and the lintels of their houses. And then they are to take that lamb and they are to eat it together as a family uh, and they're ready to go on this trip to leave Egypt. And, and so it's called the Passover because on that night when God uh, brought judgment upon Egypt, he passed over his people. He didn't judge them with Egypt, but he had mercy on them. And so then, this is what uh, God says to his people in Exodus 12, 14. He says, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. And so uh, for God's people, they would celebrate this meal once a year as a memorial, as a way of remembering what God had done for them. So every year, the family would get together and people would, would, uh, would gather for this feast where they would once again take a lamb and they would eat it and they would remember God passed over us. Now, obviously, the people of Israel in generations past were not there at the Exodus, but they participated in the event even though they were distant from it in time. So as they ate that Passover lamb as families, then they were, it was like they were participating in the exodus as if they were there when it happened because the benefits of the exodus were now theirs as they lived as free people. And even in times later when God's people were in slavery again, like uh, after the exile to Babylon, they would have that meal and they would remember that God would deliver them again. So overall, in this meal, God was commanding his people to remember like the main pivotal event of the Old Testament and to shape their lives around it. So they would remember that event, and by remembering that event, they would live faithfully in the present and look forward to the future with hope. Basically, the Passover shaped their whole life together. Now, as we get to the New Testament, when Jesus institutes uh, the sacrament or the Lord's Supper, he does it during a meal. And it's a meal very familiar to all of God's people. Of course, it's the Passover. Uh, so as we read about the last week of Jesus' life, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus was celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples. Now, they had done this meal like many, many, many times. 
they knew it by heart. It's kind of like if you have a Christmas tradition that you do, you know every step, right? You know the way it goes. Uh, they knew every part of this meal, the words to say, the things to say and to respond back and forth, uh, the psalms that they would say, etc., the scriptures they'd read, the prayers they'd say. So Jesus is having this meal that, that, that they're all familiar with, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of the meal, Jesus does something that must have taken them aback. Jesus says, this meal that you've celebrated for years and years and years is all about me. Jesus redefined the Passover around himself. He took the bread that they would share every year, but this year he took the bread and he said, this bread is my body. It will be broken for the sins of the world. And then he took the cup, the cup that they had always shared together, and, and he says that this cup is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. You see, Jesus was taking this meal that had defined God's people for generations, and he made that meal about himself. So look at this in Luke twenty two nineteen. It says, and he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in what? In remembrance of me. This meal is a remembrance of what Jesus did for us, which is really interesting because most religions want their teacher to be remembered for the life and the teaching of the teacher. Now, we remember Jesus' teachings, right? And we remember His miracles and His life. But when Jesus asks us to remember Him, He's not asking us so much to remember His teaching or His life. He's actually asking us to remember His death because His death is the center of our faith because it's there that we find life. So Jesus calls us to look back to His cross again and again to look back to his cross and see where he set us free from the slavery to sin and death. And as we look back and remember his death for us, then we're able to live faithfully in the present and look forward to the future with hope. So this is a meal in which we remember, but not just remember, we also receive. Uh, so in the Passover, you would actually eat the lamb you wouldn't just be reminded of the lamb or, or draw a picture of the lamb or talk about the lamb. You'd eat the lamb, and you would participate in the sacrifice. And in the same way as we eat the Lord's Supper, this new Passover meal that we've been given, we eat not the lamb of Passover from the Old Testament, but we eat the lamb of God who died for the sins of the world, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus says here in uh, Luke twenty two nineteen 19 again, let's look at this again, but with a different emphasis. He took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body. So we believe that uh, Jesus meant what he said, right? Uh, we take him at his word, that when he said, this is my body, that that is, in fact, what he's giving us. Take a look at... 1 Corinthians 10, 16, here's where it gets really clear for us. You know, some Christians will say, when Jesus said, this is my body, he was just speaking metaphorically. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 10, it's just straight up clear for us. He says, Paul says, the cup of blessing that we bless, that's the cup of wine, 
Is it not a participation or a communion in the blood of Christ? And the bread that we break, is it not a participation or a communion in the body of Christ? So that word participation, it's where we get the word communion. If you go back to the King James Version of the Bible, they use the word communion for that word participation. It means that we all share in something common together. And Paul's saying that when we eat the bread together and drink the cup together, that we are sharing in the very body and blood of Christ together. It's not just a sign. It's not just a memory meal alone, but we are receiving something, the very body and blood of Christ. Now, all Christians agree that we should take this meal. So go to any denomination, any group of Christians, they all acknowledge that we should take the Lord's Supper because Jesus commanded us to do this. So that's clear for all Christians. We all agree on this. But there are some differences among Christians when it comes to what we're receiving. You see, we all understand that we're uh, remembering Jesus, but we don't all agree on exactly what we're receiving. Now, for the first about 1,500 years of the church, uh, the church was in unanimous agreement for the, for the most part uh, that we are receiving the body of Christ and the blood of Christ in this meal. That was kind of an undisputed thing. There were a couple of fringe groups that said, oh, maybe we're not. Maybe it's just uh, bread and wine and nothing else. But uh, the majority of Christians for the first 1,500 years of the church, they said, this is the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. Not just a sign or a, or a symbol. Now, Christians sometimes disagreed on exactly how this takes place. Uh, there's a lot of speculation on that. Uh, but it was around the time of Martin Luther in the Reformation of the church that you had some groups that kind of broke from that tradition and they said, no, when we receive the bread and the wine, it's just bread and wine. I mean, yes, it's sacred, it's, it's special, we're remembering Jesus, but Christ is not truly present. We should look to heaven or even to our own hearts to find Christ, but he's not present in this bread and wine. Um, so, generally speaking, in what we call the Reformed churches, so this would be anything from Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, and then also non-denominational, which is often Baptist in theology, uh, they would say that uh, for the most part, we're just receiving bread and wine as we, we take the Lord's Supper. Now, on the other end, you have the Roman Catholic Church, which would say, you know, don't even call it bread or call it wine. It is simply the body and blood of Christ. Um, it might look like bread and taste like bread, but it's the body of Christ. And, you know, as Lutheran Christians, we, we just want to say what Scripture says. Uh, what does Paul call it? 1 Corinthians 10 and 11, which is all about the Lord's Supper in those chapters, uh, Paul calls it bread and he calls it wine but he also calls it the body and the blood of Christ. And so in the Lutheran church, we affirm that this is bread and wine, but under the form of bread and wine, God gives us the very body and blood of Christ to eat and to drink uh, in a real and yet mysterious way that we can't comprehend. Christ is present with us. He shows up when we take this meal. Um, we don't have to go looking for Jesus, right? He's right here. He comes to us. Uh, in this sacrament. In other words, you don't have to doubt about what God's doing in your life, right? Uh, when you come and you receive the body and the blood of Christ in the sacrament, you know exactly what God's doing in your life. He's forgiving your sins and giving you life and salvation and strengthening 
your union to him. So in conclusion, let's just kind of sum this up. We've learned two main things tonight. Uh, in the sacrament, we're, re we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, right? There is a memorial aspect to it. We're remembering what Christ has done, which shapes the way we see the future and live in the present. Uh, but we're also receiving something, and what we receive is the true body and blood of Christ as the source of our life. Uh, we don't know how this happens, but the great thing is that's not our job to figure it out. We just simply receive God at His Word and His promise that He shows up in a very real and personal way as we gather around this table. Uh, you know, even if the pastors mess up the sermon and we totally drop the ball and don't communicate to you the gospel of Christ, did you know that the sacrament is the gospel? Every time, 100% forgiven, free, set free by Christ as we eat and drink. You know, I believe that when we understand what the sacrament is, we can't help but hunger for it. We can't help but seek it. We can't help but receive it often. In fact, this is why we take time in confirmation class. We take time with our new members uh, to study, to learn what this Lord's Supper is because uh, as we join a church or if we are confirmed, we are pledging to be part of a communion. That's really what church membership means. It means that you are part of a communion, that we are members gathered around this altar, that we have uh, our source of life is right here uh, at this altar just as uh, a vine and a branch are connected and bears fruit. But often those who are members of churches or those who are confirmed will sadly go on to distance themselves from the Lord's table. And I want you to think about this. Think of it in this way, that, that when we do this, when we distance ourselves from the Lord's table, it may be that we're saying that sports or sleeping in or whatever else we're doing in place of the Lord's Supper, we may be saying that those things are the source of our life and not the body and blood of Christ. We may be trying to find life in all these other things, but it's only in Christ that we find life that is eternal and lasting. But I believe that a true faith will certainly lead us to this table and lead, it to us, lead us to it often. Now, it goes without saying that 2020 and 2021, too, has been a hard year for us receiving the sacrament. Do you remember that time, you know, like March and April and May last year, where we went a long time without communion? And that was rough. And, and as pastors, we reminded you, we assured you that even if we don't have the sacrament, we still have all of Jesus and all the gospel because we receive these things through, through the word of God and through our baptism and through faith in Christ. But we all longed as a congregation for that embrace, that personal embrace of Christ in this meal. And so now we're kind of in this place where, you know, we're, some of us are coming back to the sacrament uh, but also some of us have not yet come back to it. And I want to be very pastoral and sensitive to this question because, you know, we all have reasons why we, we might not be here, right, on Sundays. Because it may, of course, there's always work and things like that if we've got a, a different kind of work schedule. 
um, but then also concerns for our health. And that's a personal question that we need to wrestle with is, you know, like whether we come or we don't come during this really strange season we've never lived through before, right? Very unprecedented. Um, but I want to ask a couple questions. You know, if we're not coming to the Lord's table because of a concern for our health, are we missing it? Are we longing for it? Are we desiring for it? Or are we fine with missing out on it? And if we're not coming here on Sundays, I also want to ask the question, are we also doing a lot of other things, right? So are we comfortable going out to eat, comfortable going to the sporting events, comfortable going to the larger group gatherings, but then when it comes to the sacrament, we say, I, don't, I can't go yet. Just a gentle challenge that, that, that if we're going all the other places, then maybe we can be here too, right? Um, once again, I know this is a sensitive question because we all have different places in our health, uh, different things that we're struggling with, and, and, and different exposures, right, uh, to the virus. One of the things that has just completely humbled me during this pandemic is I've seen the hunger that people have for the Lord's Supper as I've had people call me up on the phone like in the summer or the fall and say, Pastor, I haven't had the Lord's Supper for it seems like forever. Can I come to church and, and, and I'll wear a mask and you wear a mask and, and can I just meet with you and can we have the Lord's Supper? And what do you think I said to that? Yes, of course. Yes. Um, you know, even people who, it was hard for them to get here, but they came and they made an appointment with me or Pastor Tim, and we had the Lord's Supper together, and they were refreshed because they longed for it. They desired it. And so may it be for us as the people of God, for our confirmands, for, for all of us as the, uh, as the congregation, that we would have that same longing for the sacrament, that we would desire it as our greatest treasure in life because the sacrament is the gospel. It's the good news of Christ given to us to eat and drink. Let's close our message now with a prayer. Uh, let's pray this together. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night of your betrayal, you established the supper of your body and blood for us Christians to eat and to drink. Give us faith to trust in the words of your testament and so rightly receive the fruits of your suffering and death, and through your merit, finally be brought to rejoice in the marriage feast of the Lamb, where you live and reign with the Father and the Spirit forever. Amen.